Okay, we move on towards storytelling coming along. And that's, that's a, I do want to point out that the Pulp Folk Festival, in its glory days and its pre- and post-pandemic days, has, is such a riot for the eyes and the ears and the, and the, and the nose. And it the all pit, senses. The tongue and, <laughs> and everything else going there. And so I think it's pretty, pretty appropriate that we have a storyteller here with us. And so that's pretty great. Jenny Lynn White from the Spokane Storytelling League. Jenny, I think we'll just let you uh, go ahead and introduce your story and launch into it. And then we'll ask you a couple of questions afterwards. Okay, that sounds good. Thank you. Um, I was sort of uh, trying to figure out what I could find for five minutes because most of us tell for 20 or 30. But I came up with a wonderful story by a, a fellow out of Prineville, Oregon. His name is um, Rick Steber, and he was kind enough to give me permission to use it on the air. It's called Ned the Carp. Well, as cowboys will, they gather around a campfire and they wax windy, and they t and I don't mean windy like in <laughs> placing saddles. They tell stories, and um, I, my good friend Rick was saying uh, that there, he heard a cowboy tell this story about going fishing for trout one day out in the creek that was just down the road from the farmhouse. Well, he got down there looking, uh, got his rod all set up and his reel and he threw out the first toss and he caught a few trout and then the next time he put out um, his rod and reel and his line he came up with a carp well now every trout fisherman knows the carp is garbage fish so figuring to do a service to the world he uh, took that carp off his line and threw it back by a tree just over his shoulder and um he was back baiting his hook and getting ready to cast again, and by golly, um, he looked down and there was that carp sort of rubbing up against his boot, giving him the golden eye. And he thought, whoa, it must have slipped down the slope. So he grabbed it again and he threw it back, but this time he watched over his shoulder. And by golly, if that carp didn't get up on its hind end and use its little fins and walk all the way down till it got to the edge of the bank and down it went next to his foot. Well, he kind of lost his appetite for fishing about then, and he uh, decided to just go back to the ranch house because he had a pretty good fish to story to share with them at the ranch. Well, he got on the horse, went back about three miles, and all the time he kept looking over his shoulder and he'd see that little carp coming ahead, coming ahead, coming ahead. Well, he got to the ranch house and went over to the buck, uh, the place to, where the boys bunk with each other and, and uh, they were all kind of laying around on their beds or playing cards or something. And he says, boys, you'll never believe what just happened to me. And he proceeded to tell about the magical carp. Well, uh, the boys in there just kind of laughed. And so our, my cowboy friend said he just walked over and he opened up the bunkhouse door and in walked the carp as if he owned the place, kind of looking around at things on the beds and boy, did that make those cowboys sit up straight. Hey, are you going to keep him? One of them asked our cowpoke. Well, I guess he followed me home. I should. Does he have a name? Well, I haven't had time to even think of a name. Okay, said one of the guys over at the poker table. That might be uh, Ned for this fish. He looks kind of like an uncle I had called Ned. And so that name stuck. 
uh, Ned the Carp became quite a popular figure in the valley. People came from miles around to look at this magical fish that could flip and walk and do all sorts of things. And then one day, um, Fiddler came, and he uh, came to see the carp, and then he decided, well, hey, why don't we just have a barn dance? <laughs> and they did. And uh, you know, I don't have to tell you who was the best dancer at the barn dance. It was that fish. He could flip. He could flop. He could do double somersaults. And um, all the girls really kind of wanted to dance with him. Well, um, turns out that Ned was very helpful, too. And he would follow our cowpoke around the ranch, go out and help um, work on the fences in the South 40 and help mow the hay and, and followed him out to milk the cows in the morning. And so one day our cowpoke says he was headed out to the South 40 to um, mend a fence and he kind of signaled to the carp to come with him, come on, Ned. And out they went over a creek, over a little bridge on the creek. And he said, the cowpoke said, I got to the other side and turned around to wait for Ned. And right before my eyes, he slipped and he fell in and before I could react, Poor old Ned the Carp had drowned himself. <laughs> wow. wow, that's great. Come on over thank here. You, thank you. Uh, Jenny, that, that, what a, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Sitting around waiting to see how that was going to end. Yeah, I was. <clears throat> oh, what a lot of fun. Well, well, thank you. Well, we need to know about you and storytelling because you certainly you certainly seem really comfortable doing that. Well, um, I guess I, you could say I've been around storytelling all my life. And uh, my grandmother and grandfather were quite the storytellers. And when I was born, I hate to tell you how long ago that was, but they gave oh, me a set it. of books, storybooks. Mm. Mm. And I sat around and, and when I could read, I read them. Otherwise, people read them to me. And so there's poetry and all sorts of things that I learned growing up. And then, you know, you grow up and you end up trying to make a living. So I got away from storytelling. And when I moved to Spokane, there was this wonderful group here called the um, Spokane Storytellers. And we've been functioning now since, well, I haven't, but it started back in 1903, back in Tennessee, which is really the heartland for mm. storytellers. Uh, in the Tennessee, uh, people have storytelling festivals. So we love the Folk Life Festival because it gave us an opportunity to show what we could do uh, in storytelling. So give us, give us a picture of what happens when the storytellers get together. Do you, do you meet <laughs> regularly? Do you just swap stories or what uh, happens? Okay, well, up until COVID struck, we were meeting once a month. And uh, at, over in the um, uh, Corbin Center, mm -hmm. and we'd sit around and we practice our stories because there's a... Oftentimes we're asked to, to tell at a folk life festival or at the library or at an elementary school, but since COVID, that kind of all just disappeared. Mm -hmm. So we're starting up again and trying to maybe add a little bit of youth and a new twist to our storytelling, and it's fun. So when you sit around doing that, do you, do you actually kind of critique your, each other, give each other ideas, or is it just that you as a storyteller kind of figures out which thing landed on the audience and which thing didn't? Oh, that's, 
you know, everything, all the above, and, and individually, we do critique one another very kindly. That, I mean, we're not in the business of making money. The Spokane Storytellers is a part of the National Storytelling League, and they are a volunteer organization. That, that's the one that started in 1903. And um, we've been here since 1939. So we just volunteer, and our, our idea is to bring joy and enlightenment and uh, good things into the homes and schools and mm. the area. So you're out and about sharing stories in, in non-COVID times no, normally. And right, yeah. 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 Well, and some of, I mean, uh, we have a couple of people that are former ministers, and mm -hmm. so they use storytelling to enhance their sermons. And uh, so it's used everywhere. And I'm still out storytelling, just kind of under the radar. That's <laughs> so. great. And so is there a way, this, this Spokane Stor Storytellers League, do you got a, a website or, a, or an email or some way that people find you? Um, well, we are on, um, you can Google us and find mm -hmm. us, but things have changed. And so um, people just, uh, we used to have brochures out and things like that, but uh, people can just email me or call me and um, we've got to get some more of those out to uh, the public so they can find us. But the libraries know about us and, and things like that. Libraries have been closed, so. <laughs> right. kind of well, it's a real treat to have you be a part of the, our live broadcast this year, so oh. thank you. Well, thank you, much. I enjoyed it very much. That was a great story. Ned the Carp, I'm not gonna forget him. <laughs> nope, you won't. And, uh, <laughs> and Jenny Lynn White from the Spokane Storytelling League. She was a league of her own today, but. <laughs> oh, that was nice. <laughs> been waiting for five minutes to tell them. <laughs> okay, then we, this is our live, bro live broadcast here from the KPBX studio for a change. And we kind of like it in many ways because it works and we have the facilities to do it. And it, uh, what a pleasure to hear these things so, so nicely. And okay, if you've been waiting for a line, I've been waiting for a line. The doctor is in. Mm -hmm. Uh, he slipped out from under me. He was my doc, and then he retired. I've, I've lived through three group health docs, which is a sign of my longevity, I guess, uh, here. But, um, so I got to know him there, but then certainly uh, uh, Bob Riggs, Dr. Bob Riggs, was well known um, when he was around there, and they were always talking about the benefit concerts he'd do there and the various outreach things. We're gonna find, a, we're gonna ask you a little bit about that. Bob, your, your community interface in a, in a little bit, but you're here to sing, you're here to play, and um, Bob, who's put out a CD and has a lot of other things, so, so what do you got for us? Well, I've got a couple songs that I'm going to start off with, and then you can tell me to be quiet or something. Uh, the first one is um, it's about it's homage to two of my heroes, so the first one is an homage to Pete Seeger. Um, and then the next song is entitled A Reflection on a Summer Evening in the by the Pond in the Style of John Prine. Um, the Pete Seeger song, I was reading an article before bed about Willie Nelson's guitar trigger, which is a 1942 or so Martin classical glorious guitar that he has just beaten to death. And that night, I didn't have Willie come to see me I had Pete Seeger come to see me, and there was this guitar, and he let me play it, and I woke up at, I don't know, one in the morning and wrote down some lines, and this is the song that came out of that.
I dreamed I was playing Pete Seeger's guitar. The top was about worn through, made Trigger look almost new. But that guitar sounded heavenly, and heaven must not be far. Cause Pete was standing there, and he let me play his guitar. Where have all the flowers gone? Long time passing. Where have all the flowers gone? Long time ago. Well, Pete pissed off McCarthy, LBJ, and Dixon too. Singing about stopping war, supporting union workers too. They deserve to get fair pay, you know the rich stay in the way. He kept pressing on, he just kept on singing them songs. I'd ring out danger, I'd ring out a warning. I'd ring out love between my brothers and my sisters all over this land. You know, Pete would sail the Hudson just trying to get people to see that the river was dying needed help from you and me. Pete would sail the Hudson, he didn't need the seven seas. The river's looking cleaner now, and Pete, he would be pleased to everything turn, turn. under heaven I dreamed I was playing Pete Seeger's guitar the top was about worn through made Trigger look almost new but that guitar sounded heavenly and heaven must not be far Pete was standing there smiling, and he let me play his guitar. And this is a reflection on a summer evening by the pond in the style of John Prine. That seems like a classical sort of, you know. Oh, the little fish, no, hummingbirds. Oh, the hummingbirds are humming. Little fish are swimming. Bees are buzzing. The waterfall is sweet. 
flowers are blooming, birds are singing, people walking dogs, kids ride by on bikes. It's a summertime evening, ain't much better. Sun is going down and the stars are coming out. Sit down beside me, ain't much better. Wish it would last forever, evening in the summer. Well, the moon is high in a violet summer sky. There's a golden glow over the mountains in the west. Crickets are chirping, dragonflies are diving. Mama quail walks by with her babies in her wake. It's a summertime evening, ain't much better. Sun is going down and the stars are coming out. Sit down beside me, ain't much better. Wish it would last forever, evening in the summer. Sit down beside me. Ain't much better. Wish it would last forever. Evening in the summer. songs got another, got another song Bob I got another song this is a um, this is a version of Psalm 23 that was written by Paul Stuckey and I actually played it at a funeral last weekend for my close childhood buddy who um, got COVID and passed away um, so I've been practicing it shepherd and I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. for his name's sake and yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for thou art with me for thy rod and thy staff they comfort me Thou 
prepares the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil and my cup runneth over. And surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Just a moment, if you will, while we kind of get ready to keep moving toward the next performer as well as in this hour that's coming right up. Just a moment kind of to go ahead and pull the mic up to you a little bit. Um, I'm going to ask you kind of the obvious question. You've been curing people all your life as a doctor. You're curing, you just cured some people now with your music. Talk, well, about, talk so. about the healing aspect of what you do. You know, I mean, I've written a number of songs that are kind of related to my experience as a physician. And I actually used to keep my, um, my office guitar hanging in my office, and I would occasionally play a song for a patient. Mm, that's wonderful. I had an older lady and her mother, who were both named Verna, and so I sang them Angels from Montgomery one day because it's a, she's an old woman named after her mother. <laughs> um, and I had an old choir director who I told stories of my choir director and how I loved choir directors. And I said, and I, I write some music. So I came and played um, my Crazy Place song. And I'm not sure if this was a compliment, but when it was done, he looked at me and he said, you are a folk singer. <laughs> Great. Well, you clearly are. So thanks, thanks for bringing your and great songs. I am a welcome. major John Prine so fan. So I love yeah, John Prine. So much. I and was brokenhearted when he passed. Yep, yep, yep. And you have an album that you released in the last couple of years. I understand you recorded with those Ingersoll yeah, boys. I had, and, uh, um, where I would have one a CD. find that? Um, well, I've got about a thousand of them in a closet at home, <laughs> um, and I'm going to record another one in the near future because I've written enough music to make another one. Nice, good deal. Thanks a lot. Bob it's Riggs. great to see you. Yeah. Take yeah, care. Thanks, God bless. Thanks for being a part of our festival yeah. this year. 